Welcome back to Closet Socialist. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm very far away. Uh, also co-hosting with my friend who is here yes. in the room. So he is far away, I am very near, and together... We are far and near. <laughs> omnipresent, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we're using... We're, we're bending the will of the internet and technology... And just making it ours, because that's that's what you have to do in a pandemic like this. Yes, you do. technology. Yes, you do. So uh, I, I apologize to our to our listeners that we did not have an episode last week. Uh, complications with COVID-19 made it to where it was a little bit difficult to record. But the resiliency of, uh, of our two far and near brains came to the conclusion that we could easily record and create another podcast for you via the internet. Especially for our Canadian listeners, who I think we have one right now. It just kind of popped up. I thought it was cool. It, it, it's it dominating. I did say that. I did say that. I did, or sorry, I did see that. Uh, speaking of Canada, um, did you hear that Canada just banned assault weapons? Really? Yeah. That's they, kind of surprising. I would have assumed that it was already banned for them. So Trudeau just banned them um, about, I think it was two or three weeks ago, Canada had a mass shooting. And after one mass shooting, they banned assault weapons. Interesting. Interesting. First is, for us, it's been how many? Mm. And if anything, gun laws have gotten more relaxed? Last year, I believe it was, 2019, had more school shootings than weeks in the year. I think almost four week, four months into the, the um, four months into 2019. Oh, some yeah. crazy statistic. It was we were averaging like two school shootings a week. Oh my god! And so I mean, and this is kind of a dumb question, but when it comes to defining a school shooting or a mass shooting, I mean, what are their parameters? Like, are there a certain amount of people that have to be injured or killed? Like, for the school shootings, it was just somebody who brought a gun and fired the weapon. Okay. Um, so- for- for mass, I guess in, one, in yeah. that case, maybe nobody was injured, which is yeah. good. Um, but the uh, the mass shootings, I don't know. I don't know what the definition of a mass shooting would be. I mean, we can guess, yeah. right? I just, I you know, I'd have to do some research and figure out, like, well, we can just get our intern to do some research and figure it out, uh, yeah. what the actual requirements are for something like that. But you know, honestly, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't be happening anyway. But it's just interesting that Canada acted in such a sort of reactive way to it. Like, I would have assumed assault rifles were already banned, like I said before, but it turns out they weren't. And it turns out after they had just one kind of mass shooting, they banned them. Yeah, I think that's... I don't know. I just... I really admire that. Uh, speaking of which, the... Um, strict definition by the federal government says at least four people must be killed in order for it to be considered a mass shooting. So if it's three, it doesn't count. If it's three, it's just a regular shooting, in which case it's like whatever. Yeah, that's like a Detroit Saturday night. Yeah. It's or a some, DSN. Or sometimes a Chicago Monday night. Right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but we yeah, love I you, mean, Chicago. It, it kind of makes you wonder. So I don't know if we wanted to talk the whole step the whole episode about gun laws and regulation but i mean it does definitely kind of come into effect when you consider all of the protesting that's going on Mm -hmm. and everybody kind of 
uh, I'm going to say exploiting the Second Amendment. Ringing it dry, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, Second Amendment, right to bear arms, I'm sure there's some other stuff there, but that's the thing that everybody really clings to. And here we have people brandishing weapons on government buildings in a protest. So, initially, how does that kind of make you react? Like, you've seen pictures. Yeah, you know. What does that do to you? It's, it's so strange. It's so strange because there's such a massive disconnect between the two um, between the two, uh, 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 you know, perspectives that, that we're looking at. Because, I mean, I walk in, if I were just to see five white guys, not, you know, officers or military personnel, but just five white guys decked out in, like, super, you know, I don't even know, it looks like combat gear. And then oh, yeah. they're holding massive assault weapons and then standing in front of a government building while they had bandanas, black bandanas over their faces. I'm terrified and I'm running the other way. Right. Especially if I don't know what the context is. My God, that's terrifying. Where they're standing there and going like, oh, yeah, well, I'm being I'm standing in front of the building with being patriotic while I'm holding my guns. There's nothing more American than holding my guns and saying Trump 2020. Like, how... How is that a peaceful form of protest while you are holding a death machine around your around your torso? I don't know. I don't know how that necessarily qualifies as a peaceful protest. Meanwhile, we look back to the 50s and 60s with sit-ins at diners with like, you know, young black youths, young black youths, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Using the same word twice. Right. Um, just, you know, sitting there at a diner asking, hey, can I have some food? I'm willing to pay, as any normal person would. Yes. And then they're getting dragged through the streets and beaten up by, you know, masses of angry white people. And shot with Meanwhile, fire hoses. Yeah, shot with fire hoses, chased by dogs. Yes. Yeah. like the worst things you can imagine doing to a human being is what these, these people had to endure. And those were peaceful protests on their part. It's just like, marching and like not using the bus and just sitting in a diners meanwhile white people for whatever reason feel like hey i'm going to use my second amendment rights and not really use them in the way that they were intended and just like park outside of a government building and threaten them that's not really what that was intended for no and it's terrifying and i mean i haven't seen any instances of I haven't seen any instances of, you know, them saying, I'm going to shoot up the, the, the government buildings. But if you have a, a machine gun in front of you, what are the implications? What message are you sending when you were holding that gun in, like, a military style, where you were holding it like you're about to fire onto somebody? And then you're, right. just, and you're just sitting there saying, it looks cool, I want this gun, it is my American right to own this gun. That's, mm-hmm. like, that's like if you went to the doctor... And the doctor was just like twirling around a syringe. And you're like, doctor, are you going to give me a shot? And he goes, no, it's just my right. I can just hold this and swing it around. Like I yeah. can, I can just hold this shot. And you're like, what? Like mm-hmm. you, when you hold the shot, you're, you're implying that I'm about to get something. Mm-hmm. If you're holding a gun, you're implying that I'm about to be shot. I like that you imply, uh, you use the metaphor of like the doctor holding a syringe because these are also people that are afraid of vaccines yes <laughs> so i mean a syringe filled with some anonymous liquid 
and a, an assault weapon are pretty much the same to these kinds of yeah. people, except like, you know, in their mind, one saves lives and the other is a syringe. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. And then I really liked what Justin Trudeau said about the assault weapons when he came out with the ban. He said, you know, he said that these types of these types of weapons were made with one like with with one intention in mind which is to kill the most amount of people in the shortest amount of time right i mean it's in the name yeah yes like what are you assaulting yeah if you're like and i you know i've never lived in canada i don't know much about canada but speaking from purely american perspective what are you assaulting Mm -hmm. like I don't see the National Guard getting called on these people nope. and asking them to disperse. Maybe they're there in the background, like out of the frame of the camera that I've been seeing, but like, what are they defending themselves from? It's... I don't know. It's just so... It's just so disturbing. And, uh, you know, like I understand that people want to have guns. I get it. If you want to have a hunting rifle... Um, I, I get that. You have a purpose for it. You know, sure. uh, somebody wants to own a handgun. I mean, I don't personally think I would ever own a handgun, but if they want a hand, hand uh, want to own a handgun for home protection, I get that. Lock it up in a safe, keep it someplace. God forbid anything happens where somebody breaks into your home, you have protection. Yeah, um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, but these assault weapons, do you really need a machine gun? Do you really yeah, need a yeah, do you really need a gun that's going to shoot out 30 rounds in five seconds? Mm-hmm. And what? even if it is semi-automatic, right? So it's just, you know, it shoots at the capacity with which you're able to pull the trigger, which I think most of these are, right? Even still, I mean, it's high caliber rounds. Yeah. These aren't like little 22 bullets, which, you know, I've heard are more difficult to operate on. But still, I mean, these are meant to kill. These are meant to like just kind of like ward off and like hunt with like it's stupid to think otherwise yep i completely agree i completely agree uh and then you kind of picture somewhere like um like england right where weapons are just banned in general like (laughs) yeah they they don't have these kinds of problems yeah i i think the statistics are i know australia has not had a mass shooting in 10 or 15 years they had one mass shooting a terrible one i don't remember mm-hmm. what year it was we'll have I'll, I'll, we'll have a intern look it up but mm-hmm. um right after that they banned all assault weapons and they have not had a shooting since right so it's like i understand the cries of people saying like oh just because like one person does something bad like i shouldn't be penalized for it like i'm a good responsible gun owner like i should be able to have this weapon but at the same time it's kind of like what do you need it for yeah i get that you want it but do you need it yeah here it is i mean it's called it was called the port arthur massacre april 28th and 29th of 1996 was a mass shooting 35 people were killed and 23 wounded i was gonna guess 94 for some reason but yeah, I mean that's a tragedy, and the country looked at that and said, "Okay, the need here doesn't exist. We don't need these. Mm-hmm. These are weapons of war. They're not weapons of protection." Yes, and that's the whole. And thing. all it really takes is one individual with that on his mind. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't want, I don't want to take people's guns away. 
because one, I think it would be more more work than it's worth to try and take people's guns from them. Um, but two, like again, you want a handgun for protection. I think there should be strict regulations on it. Uh, you want a gun for hunting? Fine, I understand that. Um, but you don't need semi-automatic or automatic assault rifles. Like, like you said, those are weapons of war, and those should be in the hands of the military. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Um, I even... and to mention they can be modified so that they do shoot automatically, yes. right? And there you go. You're just it's you've just brought the Middle East, the wars in the Middle East to your backyard. Yep. And you know, it, I even get intimidated when I'm if I'm in New York City and I'm walking around and I see that the New York City police officers have the assault rifles. Yeah. They just make me that nervous. That's a little much. It, 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 they just make me nervous, you know? Yeah. I'm fine with the military having them because they're trained with these. And, yeah. you know, you don't really see soldiers dressed up all the time because they're overseas fighting, right? I mean, you could really – you could reference, like, Homeland Security, for example, and the National Guard – but you know they don't really get deployed all that often no. in just casual settings. I just I like I associate when I see a, 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 like an AR-15, for example, right? I associate that with military because it's modeling the M16. Yep. That, that's military to me at that point. Like the average person, and even like cops, like they don't need them. And people will argue and say like, oh, but what if there's like a huge shooting and then there's police officers there and like they need something to fire back with like i don't i don't know if that happens often enough that the average like cop needs access to that kind of weaponry like isn't that what swat is for no yeah i completely agree with you i completely agree with you i'm fine if swat has it because they're like highly trained individuals yep that don't just like patrol around and then give people traffic tickets you know (laughs) And I'm not trying to, like, downplay the importance of police, but, like, if we don't need you for a situation, like, I shouldn't see you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see fire trucks just parked randomly waiting for a fire. Mm-mm. They're just stashed away in the station until we need them. Mm-hmm. What else do we, like, they don't need to be anywhere else. Same with cops. Yep. I completely agree. Like, I get that there's a revenue stream, but, you know, how do you justify that? I don't know. Um, I just think that when it comes to police officers, at least, I don't know what needs to be changed. I just know that something needs to be changed. When when you're driving down a street and you see a police car and your mm-hmm. stomach sinks, like sinks down, starts doing flips, I think yeah. that is a telltale sign that there is something wrong with that institution. Absolutely. I should not. I should not feel nervous, or I should not feel anxious when I see a police officer. The whole point of a police officer is to protect me and ensure that the laws are being abided to. They should yeah. be. They should be an assistant. You know, they're public servants. Right. They shouldn't be people who make me feel like, oh my God, I need to be on my best behavior, or I might get, you know, the crap beaten out of me. And I'm a white guy. Right. No, I feel the exact same way. I mean, what's the reality of the situation? If you and I were pulled over. We would probably be fine, but I get nervous, sure. Yeah, yeah, because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know if that guy's having a bad day. Yeah. And he wants to just, like, lay off some steam, and then suddenly he's like, oh, I smell something weird in your car, and you're like, what are you talking about? And then, you know, you still get tossed around, and what are you, you going to do, defend yourself? Right? You can't. 
So they, they have this absolute power and anything can happen to you at any moment. Yeah. And then the worst part is, is that if they decide, you know, they don't like you and they do that, you know, oh, well, I smell something weird in your car. They don't have to find anything. You're still going to go to court. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be that police officer's word against yours. And who's the judge going to believe? Well, you know, if they don't find anything, they really can't do it. I mean, luckily, there are legal protections for that kind of situation specifically. But I think really all in all, there's an entitlement there. There's an entitlement to, you know, police officers. There's an entitlement to people that have weapons, right? We're going back to the protesters. They feel entitled to protest that way because they have those weapons. I don't think they would be able, I don't think they would feel comfortable protesting without them. No, I, I, I agree with you. That's a good point. Really and good I've point. seen, yeah, like I've seen people just with like signs and like, you know, slogans and stuff like that. Yeah, I've definitely seen that. But, you know, the more prevalent and more terrifying ones are the people that bring the guns to the party. Yep. I mean, do you see the climate change activists with guns? No. No, how about all of the people who are saying that the women's march is a waste of time and that they're being disruptive and disrespectful? And those are just a bunch of women wearing, you know, uterus hats saying that they would like equal pay for equal work. God forbid. Right. Imagine if they if they had women marching on the streets with weapons. It would, would be insane. Mitch McConnell would, would drop an airstrike. I think his throat sack would explode. <laughs> his throat sack. Oh, that's gross. That's the, well, that's the, it's gross, but it's the truth. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of... Um... You think... Oh, go ahead. No, I want to hear more about Mitch or something else. Uh, Mitch, so Mitch has just said that he's willing to let all of the states go bankrupt, which I think is a very, which I think is a very interesting claim. He says that, uh, states need to learn their lesson that if they don't budget properly during COVID-19, that they should, uh, they should feel the repercussions, which is so funny because, you know, he never said that about the airline or the cruise industry who has been Mm -hmm. bailed out for the third time. For the third yeah. time. And why are we bailing out the airline and the cruise industry when nobody is going to purchase any plane tickets or go on any cruises? So we're giving them all this money so that way the executives can do what? Buybacks and then ask for more money for more buybacks? Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's, they sit there with just hangers full of planes that aren't yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, like I'm not... I'm not going to buy a Delta Air, you know, an airline ticket anytime soon. Absolutely not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't buy it just in general. It's just, it's awful. And then you know, I I saw a very interesting statistic. This is for the um. This is for the uh you know the Trump dollars that everybody got twelve hundred bucks. Okay. It was in the. Oh, in, do I have a comment about that? By the way, when you're done. <laughs> So the, the, the CARES Act, whatever it was, was like, you know, this massive $4.5 trillion bill. And in the bill, it said that each citizen of the United States is going to cost the government about $18,000. Mm-hmm. So they took that $18,000. Now, mind you, that's your $18,000, my $18,000. It's taxpayer money. Okay. They took that money. Then they took 1200 of that money. And they gave it back to you. Mm-hmm. And then they took the other 
what is it, fifteen thousand eight hundred? No, sixteen thousand eight hundred dollars, and then they yeah. gave it to corporations. Ow. So that's four point five trillion dollars of our money that is now being given to corporations, and the amount of money that was allotted to be to be used to help to protect you that eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah. was given to corporations, you got crumbs. But then Nancy Pelosi goes on television and says, oh my goodness, well, we shouldn't judge this based on what it it didn't do, but what it does. And it's like, oh my God, you, you did nothing. You gave $1,200. You bailed out landlords is essentially what you did, Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, I think even bailed out is too, a little too generous of a term. It's... It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And now they're on this phase three point five. We're not going to get anything. It's another four hundred fifty billion dollars. It's going to go mostly to the corporations. And the saddest part is, is that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are still like gun ho. Like, oh my goodness, we're doing such a great job in the Senate. And Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is the only person who's talking in. Uh, and Ilhan Omar um, are the only people who are talking in Congress that I've heard so far that are like, this is bullshit. This is absolute bullshit. And I, you know, I talk to some of my friends and they keep saying, oh my goodness, well, we should be, we should be thankful that the government did something to help us. I was like, the government gave us crumbs. Yeah, that's fair. While they're giving billions and trillions of dollars to the people who don't deserve it. And the taxpayer money is, it's like, it's our money. Mm -hmm. You know, we pay that every two weeks through our paychecks. Yeah. Why aren't we seeing, or (laughs) weekly, or why, like, why aren't we seeing that money back? Yeah, I mean that's a good point. It, and what I think even more so, the notion of we should be so thankful, it's kind of bullshit because there. I don't know if you saw this. No one in Puerto Rico has received a stimulus check. No. Here, so here's another example of our president president forgetting that Puerto Rico is a part of the United States. It may not be a state. It's Commonwealth. But it, but yeah, like. It's still part of the country. Mm-hmm. So to not give any of those people who are American citizens their stimulus check is really just racism, right? Like, yes. what else do you call it at that point? Yes, not only that, but how about this? Most of the stimulus checks have not been issued yet. Because Trump, yeah, that's a good point too. because Trump had to put his name on the damn checks. So the Treasury Department had to print out a set of 330 million checks. With his name on it. With his name on it. Yeah. Now, mind you, who does that affect? Who does that affect? People who don't have direct deposit accounts with the federal government, which if we uh-huh. had to guess which demographic probably does not have direct deposit accounts with the government. Mm-hmm. Incredibly uh, poorer people. Right, because they're not filing their taxes online. Yes, and if we had to look at racial groups that are more likely to be in lower socioeconomic areas, it's mostly black and brown people. Sure. Which are the people that aren't getting checks, which is also hinted at if, um, let's say, let's say I or you married someone that came from a different country, right? Yeah. Um, if your spouse is an immigrant, people have been reporting that they haven't received their stimulus checks either. Yeah. So it just kind of really illustrates that, you know, if you are a black or brown person, the struggle you have to endure to get your stimulus check is that much worse than just your average white person in this country. 
it's disgusting. Like I was disgusted with the amount of money that was being given out to begin with. I'm like, $1,200 isn't going to do dick for anybody. Nope. Was it nice to see my bank account? Sure. But my car literally just died. So that's probably where all that's going to go anyway. If not more. And then, yeah, if not more. So you have an insufficient amount of money. And then it's also not being given to anybody that would actually need it. Mm -hmm. And then it's also just being not given out at all. To people that are rightfully American citizens, I think that's insane to me. Yeah, and then, it, it, and and we forget as well. I mean, and I'm not defending wealthier people at all, but we have to take into consideration everybody when we do something like this. The people, black and brown people, are being disproportionately affected. But what about mm-hmm. what about people who were above that means test threshold? What if you made above that seventy-seven thousand dollars and then you lost your job? Right. And now you can no longer afford the home that you live in. Both you and your partner, you yourself, you're taking care of kids. You don't have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I mean, obviously unemployment has, has had a little bit of an increase, and that's great. That really is. But most people who have filed for unemployment, I think it was, oh, what was it? Self-employed people who have sure. lost their business have not re- yeah have not received their unemployment checks yet yeah exactly it's like what because they're you know these are self-employed individuals these are our gig sort of people yeah. and we live in like a gig economy right now so it's insane that these people aren't going to get bailed out like i don't know why they have to reduce everybody to just like nothing I understand that they want to bail out like airlines and all these other great things, but like, couldn't you just have given a little bit more? Like, would it have absolutely killed you? I think, no. I think that for at least the airline or the cruise industry, I mean, they're going downhill fast. I yeah. would have, I would have suggested a temporary nationalization of those industries. So, just, and what would you call it? Oh, it would be Trump Airlines. American but. Air. No, yeah, yeah, that's true. I was gonna say American Airlines. You know, like I'm sure they're like, oh, please take our name. <laughs> the, uh, but you know, a temporary nationalization of the airline industry. You don't have to take over all of them, but if you took like the big ones, you took United, you took American Airlines, you took Delta, you took whatever it was. Yeah. The the United States buys them out, becomes a majority shareholder, mm-hmm. holds on to it regulates it, keeps everybody on payroll. That's it. That's all they have to do. They're not selling any tickets. Right. Just got to keep everybody on payroll. You can reduce the salaries of the CEOs, say screw off. And then when all of this is better, the United States gives it back with strict regulations as to how you can manage your company. So now here's the thing, right? Whenever, Whenever there's a bad economic spike and we go down, the, the Republican argument is always pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You should have been saving your money. Why do you only have scraps in your bank account? This is your fault. If you're going to fall through this recession or this depression, it's on you. You right. should have been better with your money. These corporations are making billions of dollars in profit. In profit. Right. Like they're not meeting expectation. They're not, they're not meeting you know net zero. They're making billions of, billions of dollars in profit. These companies have no like no savings. None. None whatsoever. 
it's so why, to me. So why aren't they being held to the same standard? And it's, it's simply put, it's because, you know, they're donating money and they're lobbying for, for things in Congress. But it's unbelievable, the hypocrisy. And then if you were to bring that up to one of your Congress, Nancy Pelosi, I'm just going to bring up. I hate Nancy Pelosi. Um, I know you do. She's just so terrible. She's like an old woman that just can't connect with anybody. God. Um, she, you know, like, it, she will fight to the end and say that corporations need us now more than ever. And, mm-hmm. and I just think that's it's just so disgusting. Uh, you know, it, it shows that they, they have no loyalty to the American people. They're giving us table crumbs to keep us, quote-unquote, like, satisfied while she's eating her $15 ice cream and then Fox News, which I, obviously, you know, you and I are vehemently against Fox News, but they've been coming out with these incredible incredible propaganda commercials where they are they are showing people in Georgia in the Midwest starving because they don't have any they don't have uh, um they don't have any money that their stimulus check was spent on their mortgage they don't have a job yeah. they haven't received unemployment yet and they they have no food in their fridge while Nancy Pelosi is on you know um uh, uh James Corden talking about like oh yes I like ice cream it's delicious ice cream is really yeah. I wonder what life would be like if there wasn't ice cream it's like I don't fucking know lady I don't believe that that she actually eats it I think she buys it and just to be like look I'm a real person right and then doesn't eat any of it because you've seen how tiny she is if she enjoyed ice cream that much I imagine her being a much larger person no you know how she's always wearing like an ascot Sure. I just think that there are souls of the poor in there, and that's how she feeds herself. Oh, God. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future. Yes. From A Christmas Carol, and then he's like, but what do you look like, spirit, underneath all of those robes? And then he like pulls back the robes, and then there's like the two like gross children underneath there. I forget what they represent. Yeah. Uh, I obviously came prepared for this analogy, but I can imagine. I think that's what Nancy Pelosi looks like underneath the ascot and her like just formal wear. It's just like disgusting corporations and capitalistic, you know, encroaching on people's well-being. It's just all disgusting. It's, yes. I, it, I I know we made a bet last time we were together about if Joe Biden wins. You take me to dinner, but if the opposite happens, I take you to dinner. Yeah. I really don't think he's going to win. I don't think Democrats are going to actually have a place in 2020. No. Like, it's there. I mean, it's obviously Republicans are doing a terrible job as well, but I feel like the, the, the scope, you know, the limelight is on Democrats and they are fumbling this ball. Yes. Like, constantly. I saw this meme. Oh my God! It was it was horrifying. I saw this meme of you know uh, you know like the rails in a in a um, in a dry cleaner at the rack. Yeah. It was one yeah. of those, but it was just like a a limp guy hanging from one of those, sliding down it, and it said Democratic. It said the Democratic Party, and then it you know colon and on the bottom it says Here comes our Joe Biden. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> and, so let's talk about Joe. Oh, yeah. actually, before we move on from uh, to Joe. I want to briefly say something because it's kind of got lost in the way uh, about the stimulus checks. So my brother, who I think got a paper stimulus check, I'm not sure, I don't remember, then gets a letter from the IRS from Donald Trump saying basically like, hello, Nick, 
I'm so glad that I was able to give you this stimulus check. I hope you enjoyed it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that is the most condescending fucking letter I think I've ever heard of yes. in my life. Yes. How terrible is that? It is. It is. So they had to waste even more money. So Trump could be like, I did this for you, right? Even though he was not the one that proposed it at all. So Hell, Romney even came up with a better idea. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, <clears throat> there was uh, Trump also... Trump also signed off on a thank you for the for the health workers in New York City, where he had yeah. Air Force planes fly over. Oh yeah, the hospital. Blue Angels. Yeah, it, it's like sixty thousand dollars an hour to, to fly those planes. I think it was thirty six million dollars. I think that's how much it cost. What? I could be wrong, but it, it was like an insane amount of money that I'm like, okay, that's cool, but like, people gotta eat. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, let's. Uh, why don't we give a bonus to the health workers? Why don't we, you know, supply them with something? Why don't we take that thirty-six million dollars and use it towards ventilators or healthcare or something? That that's that's unbelievable. And you know, we're spending thirty-six million dollars so all of the healthcare people who are inside of the building taking care of the people who need it most, mm-hmm. they just hear a loud noise fly over the the hospital if they heard it. Yeah, I mean it. So, and it's it's funny that you mentioned that with bonuses because that's kind of what Mitt Romney was proposing. He was like, for the months of like May, June, and July, we up the hour the hourly wages of frontline workers by like twelve dollars, which would be a massive yeah. and wonderful increase. And I think that would kind of serve as like, look, we know you're being held in captivity basically, yeah. and they're basically like slave labor right now. But we'll at least like compensate you for your time Mm -hmm. which i think would be wonderful so then you have you know these poor 15 16 year old people your people in your 20s and really people of all ages because you know everybody needs to work at this point we have these people that were forcing to work during this pandemic and they're not even being compensated for it so now at least you know mitt was kind of mitt was kind of Good like, hey, let's let's give them a bonus for a few months. Like, we can afford to do that. And I was like, wow, that's one of the more kind of like socialistic things yeah. I've heard from Mitt Romney was a Republican. Yeah, Mitt, Mitt, just Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney was um was advocating for UBI a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know what's going on with Mitt. Like, is he sick with something? I don't know. Is he sick with the socialist fever? Sick with is the he social- just done? If somebody could please create us a cover of Down With The Sickness, but call it Sick With The Socialist, I'd be very much appreciated. I'd love that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I think we could, I think, uh, you know, Disturbed is a friend of the show. Of course. I know they all listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see why they wouldn't want to just come together and, you know, do a cover of their own song just for us. I would love the, this, the, the part of that song where he's, he's arguing with his mother to be like Mitt Romney talking about UBI and how we need it. That'd be just, that'd be everything. Yeah. I think that should get Mitt on vocals. Really? I think that'd be wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah. So our friend Joe. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about Joe. Creepy Joe. Creepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. Well, he's, we're changing it to creepy now. Well, yeah. I mean, we, you and I always knew he was creepy, but I think just, broader appeal it's going to be creepy joe so the terror reed allegations are starting to gain some traction 
If, uh, if anybody else not know the Tara Reid allegations, um, back in the 90s, I think it was 1993, there was a staffer on his Senate campaign, Joe Biden's Senate campaign. Her name was Tara Reid. Um, she was an intern, um, and she was told to deliver a package to Joe Biden where when he went in or she went into his office, she pinned him up against or pinned her against a wall and then penetrated her with his fingers. Uh, she retracted and started to walk away where she uh, recalls that he said something along the lines of, come on, I thought you liked me. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until yesterday. I mean, these allegations were made almost a month ago. Um, yeah. And it's received no attention from the mainstream media whatsoever. Uh, but we'll get into that in just a second. Um, the Biden campaign did not even uh did not respond to any of these allegations until about i think it was early this week or late last week um yeah and joe was just confronted about it um uh yesterday on the morning joe show uh where he was asked if he knows about these allegations if he knows her and he just denied everything um there was one moment where he was absolutely speechless on television when uh, the host asked if Joe would if Joe would tell the University of Delaware to release all of his staffing information and his campaign information when he used the University of Delaware as his campaign headquarters back in the early 90s. Um, and he just remained, remained silent. He didn't even say anything. Uh, the University well, do you think that's do you think that's an admission of guilt or do you think that's him just forgetting? Uh, I think that a lot of what he was reading was off of a teleprompter or some sort of cue. Um, mm-hmm. He might not meet, might not have been able to think of it quickly enough. But True. Uh, I don't know. I just think that I just think that Joe is starting to feel the pressure that he's not that he. There's a good chance that he does not win the election. Oh yeah. I mean, how badly do you think this is going to hurt his? like progress now i mean it was he wasn't looking too good in the eyes of many people but like even now what do you like do you think it's even going to affect his electability at this point you know i don't know it's just that these i don't know what type of voter this is going to affect that's the problem and then you have the corporate democrats saying Oh, well, and I, I heard this. This was a segment on, on MSNBC. Um, they were saying, I heard it on CNN as well. Uh, they were saying, oh, well, Joe only has one sexual assault allegation. Trump has 23, 24, whatever it is. Is this the standard that we have to go to now? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, regardless if you've sexually assaulted or raped one person or 24 people, you are a rapist. Yeah. Through and through, you are a fucking rapist. And is that who I mean, we is that who we want representing us in the Oval Office? I mean, is the point? Do we want a lesser rapist? You know what I mean? Like, it's not even a like. It's maybe I'm being too critical of this, right? But yeah. I kind of feel like if you are running for office, especially president, if you have some kind of like allegation against you or anything of that magnitude you shouldn't be eligible to run no, you should and be i'm not straight saying disqualified. that 
yeah, I mean, you shouldn't even qualify, first of all. But, like, yeah, I get that technically there's been no crime committed at the moment. There's nothing on the books. There's nothing on your record. But, like, just the morality aspect of it. Like, shouldn't the leader of the quote-unquote free world meet some kind of, like, moral standard? I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. I mean, so we take somebody like Donald Trump or Joe Biden, like, why weren't these things investigated thoroughly and then we come to some kind of conclusion? How about... And then we say, like, okay, you're clear to run. Yeah. I mean, but how about the Me Too movement and the Time Is Up movement saying that we need to hear and believe all women's accusations? Especially, I mean, I'm just going to go based on the Brett Kavanaugh hearing with with Blasey Ford. I mean, there were holes in her story. Straight up, there were holes in her story. Okay. Um, but you had all of these people coming out from, from these, these sexual assault and, and women's rights movements and, and organizations saying that we needed to believe that what she said was true and there needs to be a thorough investigation and that these should be taken seriously and... Um, you know, we got to fight for her. We got to fight for her protection. Now Tara Reid comes out and she accuses Joe Biden. Where are they now? Why aren't they standing up for, for Tara Reid? I mean, Bernie Sanders may have said in, in, uh, in a meeting with Elizabeth Warren a year ago that he thinks that he would have a better shot at winning the presidency. Mm-hmm. And what happened to him? He was crucified. Crucified when she came out. I mean, granted, it worked against Elizabeth Warren in the long run. But it, the news cycle was all about Bernie Sanders. So sexist. He's just so sexist. He doesn't like women. I'm sure he's done other things with women as well. And then Joe Biden is accused of rape. Then they're like, ah, it's Pache. It's whatever. All right. This doesn't mean anything. That this this is has it has absolutely no traction whatsoever. This is not this is not good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Stacey Abrams came out. Who Stacey Abrams ran for the governorship of Georgia, lost due to massive voter suppression. Uh, yeah. Um, and she she has never been she has never won a major political office. Uh, but she's really gunning for that vice presidency or vice president position with Joe. And um, she said that the New York Times did a thorough investigation and proved that her allegations were false and did not have, like, it, were not strong enough to, to really continue this, this, this fight. And the New York Times came out and completely were like, no, that's not what we said. We said that we're just mm-hmm. inconclusive. We can't find enough, but, like, we're not going to write this off at all. Um, and then it took in, uh, until yesterday with, with uh, you know, Chris Hayes and the Morning Joe show to do a segment on the sexual assault allegation, people were calling for Chris Hayes' head in the streets, saying that he's a Bernie mm-hmm. bro, and that he's this massive, you know, crazy liberal. Like, it's just... It's it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. Yeah. I just don't know why we... Like, how society has gotten to a point where it's like, let's just be so polarized that the thought of this is so terrible. Like, it's a very plausible thought. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. You know, am I 100% saying that Joe Biden did it? I don't know. If I had to make a decision, I would say, yeah, probably. Yep. 
I mean, I'm not one of those people that immediately believes someone when they come forward because there are some very evil people in this world and they, they do exist to take down people. And I'm not saying it's just women. There's certainly men that have probably done this as well. But I think it's important that we at least entertain someone's story, investigate it, and if there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. We can move on. Yeah, especially when but it... Like, I think, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was say, especially when, when there's a lot of evidence that shows that it may have happened. In Tara Reid's case, we have her mom calling in in 93 to Larry King Live saying that this may have happened to her daughter. There are people who said that, you know, there, there are witness accounts of, you know, her her um, expressing what had happened to them months after the event. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, to me, it just seems like extreme bullying to to the alleged victim where it's like, oh, well, why didn't you come out sooner? Why yeah. your story seems to have changed? Why are you bringing all this these new details out now? Like it's just, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. So you know, I, I I honestly I dare somebody to have experienced what she's experienced and then just be okay with it and then suddenly, you know, do all those things like oh you should talk about it you should raise all these red flags and you know do all this stuff like I I dare you because. I don't know if they've ever dealt with something like that personal, but like, it's traumatic. Yeah. It's what like sexual assault is one of the causes of PTSD, much like war. So mm-hmm. there are certainly other causes of PTSD, but like those are pretty prevalent and yeah. it's worth kind of just saying, and like just entertain the notion that it could happen. Right. Yeah. Like why, why is it immediately like, Oh, she's just lying. Just investigate. I don't know why, or just release the documents because that lo- that looks super creepy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh hey, so just release these documents that would like, you know, totally prove your innocence. No, that, I don't think I will. What does that mean? I know, I know. It's like the Hillary Clinton uh, tax returns or the transcripts for Goldman Sachs. She never released them, mm-hmm. and then she'd be like, "We just gotta believe me." Well, why don't you just release the transcripts if you have nothing to hide? Just release them. Why do all of my like phone calls and text messages are so like, why are they subject to being collected by the government? But then as soon as they do something wrong, suddenly, Oh, you know, I don't have to, if I don't want to, fuck you. I have privacy too. Yep. (laughs) Well, you have the illusion of privacy, right? I have the illusion of privacy, but as a human being, I am deserving of that. I completely agree. They are, too, to an extent, but I think when it comes to, like, hey, this will prove your innocence, just show it. Yes. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yes. So, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't want to be on this ride anymore. No, I'm ready to go. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, like, I'm threatening to hurt myself or others people, but... I don't want to. I don't want to watch this anymore. No. I want like a solid leader. He, they can be boring. He or she can be boring. They can wear boring suits. They can make boring policies. But just like, oh my god! Like, why are we scraping the bottom of the barrel for yes. American presidents at this point? We need a blank. Sh- we need a blank sheet. We just need to start over. Yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. Um, So I don't know if I think I need more time to process for things that are going on. I think more things are going to come out that we're going to have to address. Yeah. Um, 
So as the news comes out, you and I will sit down and we'll talk about it. And then all of our lovely fans, ranging from Portugal to Ireland to Canada, we'll get to see the true madness yeah. of what living in this country is like. Our true global audience. And we will get through yeah. all of this together, as the cliche goes. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We'll try to get to you again soon. Yes. Uh, take care out there. And who knows when this quarantine's going to end, yes. but I hope it's soon. And please email us at closetsocialistpodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow us on our social media accounts that have been recently right. created. We had an Instagram, at Closet Socialist. We also are on Twitter, at Closet Socialist. So please follow yeah. us on social media. Uh, contact us with any questions or comments you might have. And then uh, we will see you all next week. Bye, everybody.